You're listening to Love Your City. It's a Movement Australia podcast. We believe that communities can be transformed as a unified church in every city or town lives and proclaims the gospel into every sphere of society. We'll tell stories from where this is already happening. We'll dig into the Bible to better understand God's heart for cities and towns. And we'll discuss practical strategies. Because no matter where you live, a gospel movement can happen. It's a joy today to welcome Pastor Peter McHugh. He's the senior pastor at Stairway Church in the city of Whitehorse in Melbourne. And um, it's just such a, uh, he's been such a great friend for 20 or 30 years. And uh, today I'm going to ask him some questions and I'm sure he'll have a lot of wisdom for us. So um, we look forward to um, having this discussion together. First of all, uh, Peter, you're writing another book. Um, Are you able to give us a little preview? Uh, What's it about and when's it coming out? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking here. Um, It's a four-book series called Radically Restored, um, and the first volume is Radically Restored to Oneness with God. The second is Radically Restored to Oneness with One Another. The third book will be Radically Restored to Influence Our Communities, and then the fourth book will be Radically Restored, and it'll be something about leadership principles to help build communities of oneness. So, um, yeah, Destiny Image have very kindly uh, signed me up uh, to a contract. Uh, This book is not about making money as much as I feel like the Lord wants the message to be sent far and wide. And the first book is is really exploring the truth that we have been radically restored to oneness with God, um, that our identity as as children of God is uh, life-changing. And if we can learn to live in that identity, then we begin to embody Jesus and reveal Jesus in ways to our communities that are very powerful. Um, So, yeah, it's a bunch of life lessons uh, that I've discovered along the way, a bunch of theology to help people climb into the truth of what Jesus has actually done for us. And um, and it seems to be be what's been well received by people that I've sent it to to write endorsements for as well. So it's great. Wow. So those four books are separate um, books and they come out together or one at a time? One at a time, yeah. So the first one's due to be released in April next year, and then the idea is to release them annually uh, for the three years after that. Wow. Ah, I look forward to it, um, Peter. They're great themes and a needed one, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Peter, just also we are in, in this COVID uh, season, and uh, you, Melbourne particularly is in a uh, lockdown. Um, I mean, speaking to leaders, this is separate from the... Um, the wider statement, uh, you know, people talk about a new normal. How does, what's the new normal in your view for the church going forward? H- how do you see, do, do we need to make adjustments structurally, spiritually? What would you say to the church? How, how, how can it look um, going, you know, in the, next, in the next year or two? Should we be redesigning some of our content, format, structure? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I guess my thoughts then would go, uh to the core idea of what are we actually doing in being church? Um, Are we making disciples or are we running programs? Um, Are we relationally building into the lives of other people the ways of the kingdom? Or are we just providing a religious service on Sundays for people to attend to and we feel good about that? Um, And so for me, Sundays um, serve a bigger picture and that is that I'm making disciples of the kingdom of God. And so Sundays is one of a number of vehicles that we use at Stairway 
to relationally grow people into the fullness of who they are in Christ. Um, and so I think for churches that Sunday is more of a, a program or Sunday is sort of the thing that defines who they are as a church, I think this has been a really great season because it's really shaken them up to go, well, what are we really doing? What, are, what is it that we're trying to achieve? Um, and so I think if COVID causes leaders to, to revisit the question, what are we really trying to do in being church? What, what is the church's role? Um, I think that's a healthy thing. And so I think every church will find its own way into the future. Some churches will just go back to running services on Sundays the way they have, um, and that's okay if that's what they feel called to do. Um, but I think a lot of us, uh, if we can stop and critically think our way through this, it's a great opportunity for some sacred cows to be just naturally killed and turned into hamburgers, um, and that we can actually then find our way into doing things uh, differently uh, that are more contemporary, but most importantly, are helping people to become great followers of Jesus. Um, that would be my greatest cry to people is, let this time cause you to stop and think about how are you making disciples and does a Sunday service actually serve that end in the way that you thought that it was doing? Because I think that's what we're all discovering is that actually church is more than what we do on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, that's very good. Really appreciate that, Peter. And then uh, finally, the, uh, probably the real reason for this whole call, Peter, what would you say to Christian leaders, pastors in towns and cities all over Australia who might be listening to this? How would you encourage them going forward? Yeah, I think, Ian, uh, that we all do things because we value them. Um, our values influence our behaviour and our values create the cultures that we live inside of. And so I think moving forward, it's uh, a, an opportunity to reassess what do we value and why do we value it. Um, and so the value that Jesus brought to us was to value loving one another and to value learning how to agree to disagree so that we honour one another and we live in oneness with one another. And so I think for me, my highest values is that I want to make disciples who reveal Jesus and bear witness to the kingdom of God. Um, that's, that's what I understand that I'm called to do as a church leader is to make disciples and that, that my value of ma in making disciples is that they would reveal Jesus and they would bear witness to the kingdom of God. So therefore, how did, how did Jesus actually point us towards those two things? And it would seem that he gave us a New Testament commandment, love one another as I have loved you. He rewrote the second of the two great commandments of the Old Testament, which was love one another as you love yourself. So he shifted the focus onto understanding his deep love for us. And so how do we help our congregations experience that? And then in John 17, that if we can learn to be one with one another, the world will know that the Father sent the Son. And so it seems to me that we reveal Jesus and we bear witness to the kingdom by discovering how to love well and how to agree to disagree, to live with reconciled diversity. And it would seem to me that Jesus has actually given us two incredibly significant keys to win our nation, to win our towns, to win our cities. But I'm not sure that we value those two things in the same way that he would want us to value them. And so the question then becomes, if we don't value those two things in the same way that he wants us to, what has to change? What would I need to do to actually value those things above everything else? What would I have to do to value my relationship with someone that I disagree with more than valuing being right? 
what would I have to do to value maintaining that relationship and developing that relationship with the person who is speaking ill of me in my community, another church, but I would actually value the relationship more than protecting myself and defending myself. So how would I take them out to lunch and, uh, and let them and, and want to know about their world, let them know I care about their world, even though they don't seem to particularly care about mine. Um, so values influence behaviour. And if we do value loving one another as Jesus loves us, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. I was doing a whole bunch of wrong things, but he still loved me and, and died for me. So how do I love other people like that? And how do I build reconciled diversity with people that I might disagree with, but they're still followers of Jesus and we're meant to do this together to reveal that the Father sent the Son. So I think it's a values conversation and valuing what he values. And if, we, if we're not doing that as well as we would like to, what's stopping us from doing that and what would I have to change? Oh, that's awesome. And so, you know, a group of pastors, Christian leaders in a given town or city, like your city of Whitehorse, uh, hopefully developing those values into their heart and, and into their sense of uh, unity. How then can they, uh, that overflow into the wider city? What are the needs in Whitehorse that such a group can start to meet and look at and, and discuss sure. together? Yeah. My experience in this space Ian, is that we as leaders rush to activity and rush to doing things before we build the foundation of believing in one another and knowing one another. And so my encouragement is not to lose sight of the importance and value of actually getting to know the other people, know their story, hear their heart, understand how they came to faith, understand the struggles that they're going through in their local church, rather than sitting down and thinking, what's the strategy of what we can do together as the primary thing? I would like to think that what we do together, the strategy actually comes out of our commitment to one another. It comes out of our knowing one another. The challenge with that is that often pastors move on. Uh, they're moved around you know, by denominations or by a need to have a pastor in another city or another town. And so because of that, we tend to think, oh, that's all too hard. Let's just do something together. But invariably, if we just do stuff together, I think we're missing the heart of the kingdom. And that is that we're actually relationally committed to one another more than we are committed to doing things together. I think our doing needs to come out of our being with one another. Um, and so if we can find a way of being together, I think the Holy Spirit will then naturally show us what it is that we need to do to meet the needs of our community. And so I would want to trust the leading of the Spirit inside of a relational paradigm to show which needs of the city he wants us to meet. Um, and that together we would actually seek the heart of God and we together we would come to some understanding of what the Spirit's saying. And then we'd step into some sort of strategy that's birthed out of our relationship with one another, our relationship with the Spirit, and then out of that, something great will always emerge because that's what church history teaches us. Yeah, no, that's good. It, that's an interesting comment that you've just made. Uh, just recently, I was on a Zoom with a group of pastors from a given city, and uh, they were talking about the development of their unity and their sense of responsibility and love to re want to reach their uh, community together. But I could tell, not there wasn't tension on the Zoom, but two different views. The more pastoral people said, we're not ready. We need more unity. We, some of these areas, this has got to happen. You know, we just got to do this. But of course, the other side says, well, we've come a long way and we love one another. We're a great group of friends and colleagues together. At least we can start looking at the needs of the city and thinking about moving there. And I mean, it wasn't a tension, but it was an unresolved issue. The pastoral people wanted, no, we're not ready. We're to love one another more. 
uh, the apostolic people say, no, we've got to go into all the world or into all of our city. So any thoughts about um, such, you know, I mean, every city will have that sort of tension. Uh, Any thoughts about that? Yeah, I I think, um, I think we can talk conceptually to one another rather than earthing it. And so I would want to say to the pastoral people, can you tell me what it is that's missing that you would want us to develop before we move on? Sometimes it's just sort of an ethereal idea or feeling that I, uh, that I want more, but can you actually earth it for me? Um, and I would be saying to the more apostolic sort of people, can you help me understand um, what we need to do in a way that would look after our relationships, um, but that we could actually move forward. Uh, so, so give me, the, the way I describe it is build a straw man for me. Build, build an idea, not just a concept, but, but help me understand, let's earth what we're talking about. Earth for me, for the pastoral people, what's missing in our relationships. For the apostolic people, earth for me, what it is that you want to do that's not going to threaten our relationships. Um, let's talk about that and let's find a way together to resolve those things because I think it's in there that the Spirit of God would actually lead us forward rather than just some intuitive sense of feeling which is connected to my giftedness that causes me to be offering an, an idea, an opinion that has value, but if I actually stop to think about it critically, maybe I would change my mind. Uh, that's great. A lot of wisdom there, Peter. That's great. So just finally, looking into the future, this has been an interesting year. Um, your sense in the Lord, how do you perceive the future? What would you say going forward if you were uh, put on your prophet's hat now and uh, saying, what do you expect you know, in the next three, four, five, ten years? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a half glass full guy. Um, and so I live with great hope. Um, I live with great belief in the power of the gospel. Um, I live with uh, great confidence that if I can help people discover the light that's in them and the salt that's in them, uh, rather than responding to the circumstances that they find themselves in, that the light and the salt will come forward. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, it, it's all very uncertain, isn't it? I mean, it, we, we live in very uncertain times. There's never been so much uncertainty that I've known, um, uncertainty about what America's going to do, uncertainty about what China's going to do, uncertainty about what Britain's going to do with Brexit, uncertainty about uh, what's going to happen with some of the wars that are going on, uncertainty about the economy uh, and the damage that COVID-19's done. But that's a really great opportunity uh, for us to discover our faith and our hope in Jesus. And so I don't want to deny the circumstances and the pain that it's causing. It's causing very genuine pain. But equally, I want to focus people around who we are in Christ, what it is that God wants to do through us, because he still loves the people in this uncertain world that we're living in. And so, um, so it's, it's trying to find ways where I continue to make what's important to God important to me. And that's in loving him and loving others uh, in a powerful and redemptive sort of way. Yeah. Terrific, Peter. I think we'll leave it there. Great right. note to finish on. So, um, yeah, I hope you're doing well. Hope, look forward to the book. And um, hope all yeah. well and hope you're not locked down for too much longer. <laughs> uh, you and five million people both. Uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, love to Lynn and uh, all, yeah. all right, the mate. best. Great talking to you. Yep. We'll stay in touch. Bye now. Bye now. See Thanks you so much. Yeah. See you.